1: The numbers told the story, they always do.
2: It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VisaN. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the app Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, DK Network, DraftKings Network. like the overhead shot here at Bar Cannon at the D. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Midland, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Look, Sigma Derby. The last go to go to the last Sigma Derby, authentic Sigma Derby, still public in this town of Las Vegas. That's true. That's the truth. Yes. I'm that's not what,
3: lying. That's what I reported a week
2: ago. You did report it. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know about your reportage. If that's a word. <laughs> I read that somewhere. Yes. Uh, we got a we got a good show here for you today. Chalk full of folks. Drew densick who I feel like hasn't been on the show in like three weeks. Am I wrong about that? Uh, It's been a couple. Yeah, Yeah, it's been a couple. Drew Dinsic, who apparently was in Croatia for some reason this last week. (laughs) We'll get to the bottom (laughs) of that. I'm not even making that up. He was in Croatia. Um, He will be with us to talk all things National Football League week four and the three weeks that have uh, passed us by. Get his thoughts on the early season and what he's got going for week four. He, of course, from the deep dive and... uh, Uh, NBC Sports Edge, Bet the uh, Edge podcast, NBC Sports Bet, Bet the Edge podcast. We'll also talk baseball today since we didn't get a chance to yesterday with both Paul Sporer and Mark Borchard. Final week, final stretch of the Major League Baseball season. American League East still to be decided. American League West still to be decided. And of course, the wild cards in both the American League and the National League. We'll get to that with both of those gentlemen. Pete Futak on college football. Now that the Colorado fairy tale is over. We all knew it would be over after uh, three weeks. Uh, But boy, was it uh, over resoundingly, of course, this past weekend against the Oregon Ducks. We'll talk to Pete Futak about college football. And here's the thing. Uh, We do this every year. Usually we do it on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, for those who don't know, is the Day of Atonement. It's the holiest uh, Jewish holiday of the year. It was yesterday. Um, So we did Guessing Lines. We didn't have time. But Todd Wishnev always comes on the show every Yom Kippur to talk about. Now, he dubs it the Yom Kippur Massacre. No, nothing happened. I just want everybody to know there was nothing at no actual Yom Kippur Massacre that took place. I don't want to get that out there. And people are like, what did, what did he say? What happened? Uh, he calls his gambling story that it is, Kelly, for my money, the greatest gambling story there ever has been. And he corrects me when I say that he did on the Megapod. He goes, oh, no, Gilly, it's not the greatest gambling story. It's the greatest story <laughs> there's ever been. I don't know that I've heard this one. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. It's fantastic. I don't know how I wouldn't have heard it, though. Oh, it's the greatest. We've told it many times on the show. But Maybe, if you, if you maybe haven't, I
3: haven't. I've just yeah. completely
2: forgotten. If you haven't heard it before, it's uh, it's worth a listen. Uh, we'll do that later on. First of all, doubleheader in the National Football League last night, of course. Uh, first, the Eagles. These games were staggered by an hour. Eagles beat the Buccaneers, and they do it going away, 25-11. to 11. A score that was not indicative of the dominance that really took place. The Eagles, in the end, with a 27 to 12 advantage in first downs, 472 to 174 in total yards, 201 to 41 on the ground, 38 minutes, 55 seconds, and 21 minutes, 05 in time of possession. Uh, the Bucks had fewer than 100 yards on offense before a 75-yard drive in the fourth quarter. Uh, after the game was already decided. So, really, it was even worse than that. 2.4 yards per rush for the Bucks, And uh, Jalen Carter continues to solidify himself being the early favorite to win NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had two forced fumbles last night. He is uh, even money at DraftKings for D-R-O-Y, as the kids call it, Kelly. Uh, but this was wow. just yeah. – I mean, the, the biggest thing about this game was well, two things. One, if you had the under in the second half, the number was 21, and it was – on 20 with uh, nine after the Bucks got themselves that long drive and then the two-point conversion. It was on 20 with 9.22 left in the ball game. nine minutes, 22 seconds left in the game. And if you're on the under of the second half at that point, you're like, well, I mean, you know, it would be the perfect thing if I could dream this up, if Philly would just matriculate the ball down the field and use up all nine minutes and 22 seconds. And that is is exactly what happened, which is you cannot get more dominant than that. I'm, uh, you could argue, oh, the Dolphins track me. What are you talking about? One play and they score. That is the true grind them out drive to wrap up a game. They convert a fourth and two at the end to just get the first down, but not the score. And so it ends 25 to 11 and unders in the second half cash as a result. The, the bigger- oh, I'm going to assume you were on that bet. I was on that bet. <laughs> but, the, but I want to say the bigger thing. That's how, that's how I'm so locked into it. But the, but the other thing I want to say is. If
3: you ever hear us bring up random bets like that
2: in the course of games, it usually means because we were on it. Well, I wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't for the 922. Right, thing, no, right? no, I'm, I got it. Yeah. Trust me, there's plenty of bets we're on, good and bad, that we never even yeah. broach, um, that we just do while on the spot. The, the thing about that I want to talk about, though, is what, what about all that sharp quote unquote money that came in on the bucks leading up to that game that brought that spread as low as four and a half? at one point and i just sort of want to were you on the bucks in this pre-club no No. what what was behind that and again there's a lot of this irrational stuff just because some money is deemed sharp um we we tend to purge when it doesn't manifest we won't let it we won't let that purge why as looking back on this because we were both four and one in the contest do you regret that this wasn't one of your plays in the end because it was enough. Let's put it this way: no. it was enough to make me think to myself, "What do what do people What are people seeing that I that I'm not getting here?"
3: No, it was it was never really a consideration for me. It's, it's you know we've talked about for you know for the past few weeks on the show, I, I was one of those people that was a little bit higher on the bucks coming in coming into the season than I felt like the most of the market was. Um, but this game, when it was, you know, what did it open? Six? It was like six, six and a half. I had some interest in the Tampa Bay side then, but then it got in that no man's land, and it was kind of in five and a half, and then, like you said, closed to more, mainly four and a half. I really didn't have any interest, interest then, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think what you saw last night was just the, like, okay, three, takes three weeks but now you know where these two teams Uh, really stand just about to make that
2: point about the eagles the eagles have now played their preseason games yeah right exactly and they're just rounding into form and they've banked all the wins Yep. even even while just ramping it up
3: And, and for the bucks look i think you're still i think you're still they're still good enough and talented enough to beat up on some bad teams but you run into a real good team like this you don't stand a chance that's that's about as good of an assessment
2: of the Bucks as you'll get the second game The Rams at the Bengals. Joe Burrow did end up playing, tested that uh, calf just prior to the game. He was a go in the end. Uh, He ends up uh, having himself an okay game, I guess. The real stat hog was uh, Jamar Chase. 12 catches for 141 yards on 15 targets. So he breaks out. Bengals get off the Schneid. That's their first win of the young season. So they get off the mat of the winless, uh, which, by the way, leaves us four winless teams and both. and, and the four teams play each other in two games this coming weekend. So you have Minnesota taking on Carolina and you have Denver taking on the Bears. So barring ties, we'll have only two winless in the uh, in the market of who will be the last winless team after this week. But the Bengals, they are now no longer one of them. They're one and two. Uh, this game, to me, there, there's not a whole bunch to say other than, uh, for me, and I don't know if this is a consensus opinion, I felt like the Rams just looked off the whole time. Their game plan looked strange. Um, I was speaking to somebody else who has Puka Nakua, Offensive Rookie of the Year tickets. It was very peculiar how he wasn't targeted. Now, the broadcast team made point of oh, they're really taking Nakua out of it. I'm not sure how true that really was, because if you tracked him on the field, he was open a lot and Matt Stafford just didn't go to him which was kind of peculiar. It was like, we must feed uh, Kyron Williams. We must get him the ball. And at one point he had like seven targets and only two catches. So that was a little off. And now I'm going to say to you, I want to see how quickly you you are aware of what I'm about to get at here. How this comes up in your brain as I go through this. Let me just go through the last sequence of this game. It's 19 to 9. 19 to 9 with... Uh, yeah, they got, I mean the uh, the Bengals got up nineteen to nine with seven thirteen left in this game. The Rams had a three and out. They punted down ten with six oh eight left. All right, that's the first thing. They punted down at ten with six oh eight left in the game. Cincinnati went uh, three and out. The Rams got the ball back. They go seventy five yards. Uh, ended up with a Stafford to Tutu Atwell uh, play from one out to make it nineteen sixteen. But that was with one oh three left. 103 left, like the game had almost ended. On that drive, the Rams had, were replete with receivers who didn't go out of bounds. Tank Bigsby didn't go out, oh, excuse me, not Tank Bigsby, but uh, Bigsby, uh, par- pardon me, Tyler Bigsby didn't go out of bounds. Um, also, Tutu Atwell didn't on a, on a particular play as well. Then they needed two scores. They decided not to kick a field goal. At one point, needing two scores north of the two-minute warning, are you figuring out where I'm getting at with this? Yep. Then first and goal with 135 left, they decide to run Kyron Williams, and the clock just <laughs> keeps going at that point because I think I think they only had one timeout then, if, if one timeout at the most, if not zero. Yeah. So I just named receivers not going out of bounds, didn't kick the field goal north of the two-minute warning, running a running play on first and goal. And y'all wanted to tell me he knew the point spread last week. Just <laughs> stop it. Just stop it already. Mic drop. That, that argument is over. This is what my point was last week when everyone was like, oh, he kicked the field goal to get within seven. The point spread was seven and a half last week when the Rams were playing. Who was it? The Seahawks? Was it, was it the Seahawks? Or no, the Niners. Pardon me. Yeah. The Niners. And. There's no way. And I I said, and people were like, oh, he knew the spread or he was doing it for tiebreaker purposes. And I said, here's the third option. He just isn't that sharp. Matt, uh, Sean McVay with final minute or two minute decision making last night proved it the Rams have no clue what they're doing in game management you you think he knows the point spread and was playing the point spread no he just went through the field goal went through with the field goal last week because he just had it in mind that he needed two scores it got down to four seconds He's like oh, we'll just go through it we'll kick a field goal he does he does not know anything Sorry.
3: Yeah, just going back to last night. I really didn't have a problem. Problem with what they were doing. Until that running play, and I know Orlovsky freaked out about it on the, on the broadcast too, but I'm like, wait. wait. Orlovsky was the only one who
2: brought up anything.
3: Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? How are you running the ball right now? Like, this is, I was very okay with the drive going as is, cause yeah. especially you get inside the 10, right? Yeah. It feels like you need to come away with a touchdown then at that point, but you're like, you line up and run the ball? Like, what? You don't have time to be doing that.
2: The best part of that segment was my inability to uh, distinguish between Tank Bigsby and Tyler Higby. <laughs> sort of point that out as well. Didn't <laughs> even know where you were going. At I was first. like, what "Was it basically me. I was just so eager to make my point. Uh, we'll come back. Drew Dinsic on the other side. All things NFL. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years, and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
1: A numbers game on VSIN,
2: the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you this football season to start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 40% off our football season special when you use promo code ANG. Kelly, you tell me that it's code red. We need somebody to do promo code A-N-G.
3: That's right. Get in there, sign up now, or else (laughs) Drew Dinsen can't come back on this air ever.
2: That's right. That's what I was told. That's what what we're told. That's the thing. And we want Drew on. Get access to everything we do this football season, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which Visa expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code A-N-G to save 40% when you sign up on a football season special today sign up today at com slash subscribe tomorrow on the show uh will hill will join us and uh, we'll do a uh, 30 for 30 type investigation on will hill getting nine out of nine on his immaculate grid today but somehow scoring north of 300 points <laughs> okay this is almost impossible you almost have to try to do that he's like answering he must be answering like babe ruth hank aaron barry bonds because you are uh, rewarded for obscurity <laughs> right. <laughs> nine of nine and over 300. We'll get to the bottom of that. Drew Dinsick joins us uh, back in this country on a mid-football season trip overseas. We have to get to the bottom of that. NBC Sports Bet the Edge and uh, Deep Dive podcast host Drew Dinsick. How you doing, Drewski? What's happening?
4: I'm tr- I'm tremendous, uh, and I'm glad that in the intro there you brought up my extreme negotiating power. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I, I went on strike last week. I said if they don't fix, if they don't, if they don't give you guys the support we need to mm-hmm. get a clear signal, so I can see Kelly and Gill when I do my my segment, then I'm a, I'm not coming back. That's right. Uh, yep, you guys are clear as a bell today. So well done to the tech team. Thank you for getting us uh, squared away. Yeah, you sound great. Now today, go. Now go way. sign up.
2: Now, now go sign up using the promo code A-N-G. Again, at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Um, you were in Croatia. Why? Uh, because
4: uh, it's one of the most beautiful places on Earth, Gil. Um, well, it's uh, You know, <clears throat> I didn't really get to travel this summer, uh, okay. basically. Did some stuff in California, but, uh, you know, was was a little bit too busy to plan like a real deal trip. Uh, And if you didn't already know, it's a plus EV move to kind of shoot shoot for the shoulder season. You know, you really got to wait until the kids are back in school uh, before you try to do the international travel, because uh, the you know, just in general, the crowds are lighter, um, the costs are cheaper uh and uh you know you got a little more flexibility a little more freedom to move about the country and um man croatia i've been there once before i knew it was for me uh we went back and spent a good uh solid 10 days there and it was utterly it was absolutely mind-blowingly amazing vacation um i'm already thinking about the future and and doing like a whole uh, month-long residency there uh, at some point in the summer in some future year but uh yeah it was exactly in my wheelhouse Uh, you. you know great beaches incredible wine um and uh the uh you know the sights and sounds were were all outstanding
2: there it is the wine part i knew that was part of your uh, your deal there plus ev <laughs> move, plus ev <laughs> move was the other part of that uh before we get to what you like in week four let's talk since we haven't had a chance to we, three weeks now in the books of the national football league season yeah. um first of all how have you done betting wise and part and parcel with that what From your preseason projections has gone the most swimmingly, the most consistent to your projections uh, and what has been completely, oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh,
4: well I guess I'll answer the first part first I squeaked out profit weeks one and weeks two and then I it was at week three where I did the least amount of work <laughs> had no idea who was playing spraying the board uh, was my best week of the season by far so uh, I can't really tell you uh, that I have a good read on what's happening right now my preseason uh, expectations for a lot of these teams have completely gone out the window some of the uh, highest confidence stuff that I had in terms of who was going to be good bad or otherwise have uh, completely fallen flat the Jaguars look lost the Steelers look miserable, uh, yet they have two wins so maybe Tomlin coach of the year isn't entirely dead yet but uh, he's got a lot of makeup to do to catch Mike McDaniel I gotta tell you that much Uh, and Matt Canada is doing him no favors but um, no I mean I I didn't really have especially strong opinions about the NFC I thought the Falcons were going to be feisty Um, I don't feel super great about that anymore I thought the uh, Packers might be able to put a little bit of a lead on uh, the NFC North I don't feel super great about that anymore I think maybe the only two opinions that I had coming to the season one that the Bills might be the best team in the afc uh and that too um you know i thought dallas was gonna uh you know threaten uh you know for the one seed um but that ultimately no one was gonna catch the niners you know that i think at the very top i I feel fine about those general uh you know those general reads but otherwise all my preseason action is pretty much uh my is negative equity and you know i'm ready to start from scratch wow
2: well it's only three weeks so some of that is just you know you're, you're anticipating that it could be, at least what you've seen so far. Some of it, as you said, could still manifest. What is the of all of those? What's the one that's the biggest head scratcher? Is it Jacksonville? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't. I I
4: didn't really uh, expect much from their defense and so I don't think you can really say that you know that's a surprise but this offense I thought was gonna have potential to to really be something special Uh, and while we saw them put up a a pretty easy 31 week one against the Colts um, you know the, the last two weeks it's just been Uh, frustrating seeing them try to move the ball consistently seeing Trevor Lawrence look like he's had some you know very minor regression seeing the uh, the drop passes uh, and some of the decisions in the red zone with the play calling like just in general a lot of stuff that uh, didn't jive with the strength of that roster and some of the strength of the skill position group and um, again it's a long season I'm not really scared of anyone else in the AFC South taking their playoff spot but uh, part of the reason of being bullish on the Jags was that they could run through this division maybe catch a couple of their lucky wins uh and then steal the one seed and right now that feels pretty far away
2: pretty far away all right as you uh as you scan the week 4 board what leaps mm. off the page for you
4: Uh, looks like I got about five sides here and, uh, a couple of totals. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll go through the sides here and you can stop me when you want to, uh, or, you know, we can circle back here and, and dig into some more detail, but, uh, I like bills at two and a half. Uh, I bet chargers at five and a half. I see that's at six. Now I think six is still fair. Um, I like Colts at minus one. I would sell that out to two and a half. I like giants at minus one. I would sell that out to two and a half. Uh, And then I like your commies catching eight and a half. So those are the five sides that really stand out to me.
2: Commies catching eight and a half. Okay, let me uh, let's drill down on some of those. The first one that comes to mind is that Giants spread against the Seahawks. That is the Monday night game. The Giants are, in fact, favored. I thought the Seahawks would be favored. Yes, on, on yesterday on guessing lines. You've already bet the Giants. What is it in this matchup that you see? I see a a Seahawks team that can't rush the passer,
4: uh, which means Daniel Jones is finally going to face an opponent where he'll have time to, you know, kind of operate the offense. Um, I think in general, uh, they effectively waved the white flag on their Thursday night contest against the Niners. So I don't think there was really any signal there. That was just a pass. Uh, And I think, um, you know, with the extra rest and time to prepare for this Seattle defense, I think the Giants offense is going to get going in this one. Uh, And you flip the script and you look at what Seattle looked like uh, when they were facing a pretty aggressive interior pass rush week one against the Rams. And I think Dexter Lawrence can imitate that pretty successfully and really kind of stymie the Seattle offense. I think Seattle's offensive line and the cluster injury they're dealing with is being slightly underpriced here by market. uh, And I think the Giants get their first win of the season outside of three.
2: Okay, Buffalo, you're laying the two and a half against the track meet. That is the Miami Dolphins coming off their 70 burger, as people are calling it. What do you uh, what do you like about the Bills here besides the fact that it's lower than three where you
4: got? it? Well, I'm in my historical bag here and, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's very tough to repeat 70 points uh, scored in an NFL game. The 1950 L.A. Rams almost did it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, after scoring 70 <laughs> against uh, the Baltimore Colts. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had, they scored 70 against the Baltimore Colts. They came back the next week. They only got 65. Sure. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to go uh, back-to-back weeks with the 70-burger. Um, but, uh, no, in seriousness, this is a pretty narrow edge. I don't think there's a ton of meat on the bone here. I think I'm just betting this because it's the game of the week, and I want to watch it, and I want to have some stakes involved. Uh, and my handicap isn't, like, especially sophisticated here. I just think that the Buffalo Bills defense is a much, much tougher test uh, for the Dolphins and what they saw week one and week three. Uh, more akin to, you know, I rate the Bills and the Patriots pretty similarly in terms of what they can do to uh, to really slow these guys down. I'm not expecting Waddle to go here for the Dolphins and so uh, if you can kind of uh, find ways to to really bracket and take Tyree Kill at least keep him under you know, say, keep him under 10 wrecks and 100 yards in this game, then I think uh, Dolphins are going to have a tough time getting to 30 points and then on the flip side, this Buffalo Bills team is rostered pretty much perfectly to take advantage of the week of the Dolphins' defense right now. Um, I think that in general, you're going to see pretty solid protection from this front. And I think Josh Allen can carve this uh, secondary with the weapons that he's working with right now. I like the balanced attack. Cook looks like he's getting going. Some of the concepts of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the uh, heavier personnel packages that the Bills are running look like they're finally kind of, uh, you know, kind of manif- you know getting, getting their feet under them in terms of what they want to be as an identity offensively. And I, I like that as a, a home uh, favorite under three here. Um, nothing against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are absolutely in the mix for, you know, still winning the AFC East and, you know, still being in the, you know, the conversation for the one seed in the AFC. Um, But uh, this particular matchup, I, I feel like the Bills are being a little bit underpriced.
2: Real quick, before we go to break, one word answer. If the Dolphins win this game and they win it somewhat convincingly, they immediately the short shot to win the AFC. Oh, yeah. I,
4: I, this is massive, massive equity. If, yeah. you have, uh, yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're 4-0 and you've got your road win against the Bills in pocket, then uh, you're basically an inside track to the one seed.
2: Coming back, more Drew is his totals, at those other sides next.
0: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
1: he sent the
2: Sports Betting Network. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code WINNER to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We get tweets at beating the book. I just want to read a couple here. This is from my... Nick, Nick at uh, and Reno 133. Come on, Gil. McVay's a point shaver. <laughs> he definitely knows the spread. They're three for three on covers this year. It's a bet on for me every week. Tease them early in the week. Bet on the cover day of. I don't even know how to respond anymore. If you, if you didn't see that game, if, if that game last night didn't prove to you that dude has no planning on anything or no has not coached him up in any kind of way, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Uh, J84 MVP Buckley. Overdue thanks to Drew for the Tour de France pick. Appreciate all your week. There you go. Drew Dintzik, whale underscore capper on Twitter rejoins us. Kind enough to uh, hang out with us for a second segment. There you go. Can you re- remind everyone your tour- about your Tour de France play that uh, <sighs> brought millions to all? Jonas Vingago. Yes. The, uh,
4: yes. Uh, that was an amazing ride by the uh, the Dane. Uh, (laughs) the Dane the Dane he beat uh, Tade Pogacar uh, in impressive impressive fashion at the Tour de France Uh, and uh, yeah that was a fun market bounced back and forth and then ultimately he did the individual time trial late in that uh, contest it was a hilly stage and he uh, blew doors off of the field and uh, basically won going away so uh, great job by him getting his second consecutive Tour de France victory
2: it was a hilly stage that was 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 one of those that was one of those segments is like a if i asked greg peterson uh, abilene christian go like you could say anything and i would just buy it i'd be like sure that sounds <laughs> sounds plausible um okay a couple more of your sides that i want to talk about before you get to your totals chargers okay i don't think we have to talk about that we get it they're playing the raiders but the commodores you're taking the points against the eagles well the points are the great equalizer but what makes you think the commodores will keep this in the number
4: are you calling them the Commodores just Commies, because Commanders is such Taco, a wild, lousy ta- name? Yes, yeah. Taco Holders. Right, Kyle, anything, go, okay. but. <laughs> anything but anything but the Commanders. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't no, the, think, uh, think com- we we'll, yeah. I don't I think that name will be gone by next year too. I I agree yeah Uh, Washington
4: football team uh, is a bet for me at eight and a half I think this should be closer to seven I like it Um, short week for Philadelphia Um, I was on Philadelphia yesterday I had them staked pretty aggressively against Tampa Bay and you know it was a pretty straightforward um, handicap which was Philadelphia's D line was gonna wreck that game uh, and really kind of expose Baker Mayfield with Baker Mayfield goes up against a a top tier D line I think you basically have to write off Tampa Bay getting into the 20s Um, Philadelphia with the short turnaround all These guys coming off of apparently flu like symptoms, I think it's going to be tough for them to get ready, get right for a Washington team that uh, I think is a little bit better than the market is rating. Um, They were bet aggressively last week against the Bills and then utterly no showed, although there was some fluky stuff in that particular contest that I think made the score, you know, the box score uh, tilt against them. Uh, And as bad as Sam Howell was, I kind of give him credit for keeping slinging it, if that makes (laughs) sense. Like it wasn't good football from him, but he didn't. It back down I like that he has like a little bit of moxie a lot of young quarterbacks in those sort of situations they just kind of uh you know pack it in and they're not really trying to come back but uh whatever the case is Washington matches up fairly well against Philly I think um you know you saw two pretty competitive contests between these teams last year uh and I think this one's going to be similarly competitive the um uh, the the general uh kind of Matchup here that I'm excited about is I like washington's run defense to keep philadelphia a little bit one-dimensional here And we are we just aren't seeing anywhere close to the right chemistry between uh, Hertz and his wide receivers this season that he had at the end of last season Some of that may be shoulder injuries dealing with some of that Maybe the receivers are just a little bit out of sync and out of sorts right now dealing with uh, Undisclosed injuries of their own Um, you guys were joking about you know uh, you know point shaving or you know just in general awareness of the spread and stuff yesterday the only like weird really weird performance I saw was AJ Brown who very sincerely did not want to score a touchdown at the end of that uh, um, uh, Bucks uh, uh, Eagles game but whatever the case is uh, there's just a little bit not clicking right now for this uh, Philadelphia pass offense and that's really how you want to attack Washington so I think Washington's D-line and Chase Young coming along is, is a pretty exciting matchup against a really good O-line for Philadelphia. Uh, you may even get a little bit of help from the refs here with uh, kind of a little bit of added attention on Lane Johnson, who uh, seems to be getting a little bit of a, a head start on every passing down. Um, but whatever the case is, I just think this should be about a seven point spread. So I took the eight and a half with the commies.
2: I lied about the Chargers Raiders. I just want to seize on one point. We were talking about this off air. Jimmy G is in concussion protocol. When you see that, by the way, his backups Brian Hoyer and uh, Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. When you see that in your handicapping approach, you put a, a line through it you said like he's not going to play that's the assumption yeah, if there's
4: Monday morning news that a player is in the concussion protocol, pretty much you can put a, a red line through them playing the next week. Um, it's, it's just, it's too quick. Basically, they have to have made a mistake uh, to get them into the practice, uh, you know, into the limited practice participant on Wednesday, which I think is where, I, I don't know the nuances of the rule, but if you're not a limited participant on the fir- first reported day of practice, then you're really not eligible to come out of the concussion protocol. So uh, it's a pretty strict uh, and kind of uh, impressive way to protect some of these players from themselves which I fully appreciate um, but I think in terms of what do you do with that information um, yeah you put a line through it and I, I don't I mean I'm going on the fact that Brian Hoyer, popped up off the bench, put his helmet on and was doing a couple of reps uh, when it looked like Jimmy G was going to potentially miss some uh, some snaps after getting rolled on by uh, T.J. Watt. Uh, I'm assuming that means he really actually will be the starting quarterback here instead of Aiden O'Connell. If this is Aiden O'Connell, I don't feel great about laying the Chargers all of a sudden because he's got much more of live of an arm than Brian Hoyer does. Um, But I I don't really expect Brian Hoyer to be able to take the top off the defense here for the Chargers. And I like some of the uh, way that the Chargers uh, kind of have bounced back and um, uh, after a couple of pretty lousy defensive performances to start the season. So uh, I think they can uh, get a pretty comfortable win here against uh, a Hoyer-led Vegas team.
2: All right, and real quick, because I don't want to get to your two totals. The Colts, it's a one-point spread against the Rams. Short week for the Rams. You just think the Colts are the better football team?
4: Yeah, that and I, you know, Rams really fell apart late in that contest with some of the injuries to their offensive line, uh, and you know, some of the amazing play you saw from Stafford in the early part of the season was really, really, you know, what the pivotal part that wasn't really discussed a ton was that he was very well protected. Uh, some of that was the team, you know, he faced week one and the Seahawks couldn't rush the passer, uh, but uh, in general, with uh, a little, you know, now a short turnaround, another really just actually the Rams are probably in the worst spot of the week if you want to talk about situations stuff uh, they played uh, on the road at Cincinnati on a Monday night then they go back to LA and then they're flying to Indianapolis first for a, for a uh, short week Ooh, uh, and uh, you know two flights across the country absolutely miserable uh, oh by the way this is their third road game now out of four also applies to uh, Miami so Miami and uh, LA Rams really logging a lot of frequent flyer miles early in the season and I think you might start to see some impacts there uh, we're kind of in the, the very early part of the season where you know rest and 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 flight is pretty imbalanced across some of these teams. And uh, the two that really stand out are India and Buffalo being the beneficiaries of those advantages. Okay, your two totals are Uh, the one that seems like the lowest hanging fruit, which I'm sure those never seem to work out (laughs) is the Carolina, Minnesota one. Um, Carolina's defense is not what we expected at all because of some of the injuries they're dealing with. Um, Minnesota should be able to score well into the uh, 20s, if not the 30s in this one. Uh, And I think that you're not going to see Bryce Young. They seem to be inclined to, you know, keep him uh, in a little bit of bubble wrap here. And Andy Dalton actually has, I think, a much higher ceiling with this team and, you know, with his experience. So um, Minnesota's defense is among the bottom five. I think pretty obviously Carolina's is bottom half. And when you account for injuries, I have them in the bottom 10. Um, so I'm not exactly sure why this uh, total is south of 47. Uh, I think anything anything uh, better, you know, 46 and a half or better, I think is a bet to be over with Carolina, Minnesota. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Uh, looks a little high to me it looked high at forty four and a half yesterday I didn't really get why we were giving that much credit to uh, Tennessee's offense to be able to go score for score with Cincinnati and I like in general the idea that you're getting a limited Joe burrow in terms of pocket mobility uh, against the Tennessee uh, pass rush and really just a front four uh, that's pretty outstanding there so that again it looks like a pretty ugly contest and uh, if uh, if Joe Burrow turns out to be perfectly healthy, then so be it, but uh, I think it's going to take more than just a week, and particularly a short week, uh, for him to get right to the tune where he's able to attack the part of the field where Tennessee's most vulnerable, and Tennessee's defense also quietly getting healthier. Tennessee's offense is uh, among the worst in the league, if not the worst. I guess you'd have to put Chicago in the discussion, but I think Tennessee is probably the uh, 32nd best offense.
2: All right. so over in the Vikings Carolina game, under on the Bengals-Titans game, just back to the Vikings for a second, we just talk about the most auto-ovary teams, and we were talking about the Dolphins. Are the Vikings just as auto over as the as the Dolphins are, in your opinion?
4: I mean, I think so. You have to keep an eye on some of the offensive line injuries for the Vikings because if Kirk Cousins is under pressure, then things go a little pear-shaped for that offense. But uh, I don't think Carolina is healthy enough to really make that matter. Uh, And I think Minnesota is going to get probably 28 is, is a real realistic baseline expectation for them in this game.
2: Yeah, Bears, the only team thus far to have all three games go over the total. It should be noted. Drew, great to see you. Great to have you back, man. Thank you so much. Hey, best luck, you guys. Drew Ditzig at Whale underscore Capper. NBC Sports Bet the Edge and, of course, the Deep Dive podcast, which he does with Andy Molitor. Paul Spor on baseball next. Numbers game.
0: I'm Saleha Mosen, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,